Live from the meantime in Austin, Texas, this is the Sandlot Revolution Podcast. This is what a Rambler sounds like. Delicious sparkling water made with our limestone mineral blend. This is what a Rambler sounds like. Because Rambler is made here in the U.S. of A. Ramblers do it better. Visit RamblerSparklingWater.com to learn more. Hello, Sandlot fans. Today we're speaking with Carrie Frederick and Chris Gilbertson of Pillbox Bat Company. We talk about their company, their relationship with Sandlot, and their team. This is Sandlot. We're trying to get Northcutt on here. He's our, uh, our third monkey, and we, uh, we're having some technical difficulties, so we're going to leave him out of it. That's the way it goes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, Carrie, uh, Fred, Fred, Frederick or Friedrich? Frederick. Carrie Frederick and Chris Gilbertson, welcome to the Sandlot Revolution podcast. Thanks so much for being with us today. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, with Pillbox Back Company out of Winona, Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota. Minnesota. <laughs> right up there by Minnehaha, Minnetonka. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, Tell us, tell our listeners a little bit about Pillbox Bat Company and, uh, yeah, how, how it started and where you all are and what's going on. I'll let you take it. You've been here longer. <laughs> and, and maybe so, tell us and, and maybe tell us what you do, too, and, as we sure. hear your perspective. Um, well, I guess I'll start with my title. I'm kind of the master bat maker, so I kind of run the woodworking day-to-day operations. So, Pillbox got its start in 2015. Uh, Zach Fellman and Dan Watson wanted something to do together <laughs> and uh, not realizing it was going to explode into what it is today. So, now it's all of our full time gigs at this point. So, nice. Yeah, it started out with just Zach and Dan pretty much. And then, well, you were kind of at the beginning too, right? Yeah, they they were into it a few months, and I worked part time for a couple of years, and kind of kept nudging them and said, "Whenever you guys are ready to hire that first worker, <laughs> I want it to be me." So never looked back since. And you gave up your yeah. ra- your race car driving career for for this? <laughs> <laughs> no, I did it for a couple of years, uh, but uh, with. The wife and kids. It was time to hang out my helmet. So. <laughs> hold up, hold up. Let's slow. We got to pause on that for a minute. So, what were you racing? Uh, dirt track. Um, so, like dirt ovals. So, kind of a variety of different classes. The last thing I ran was called uh, Micro Mod. It was a had a six hundred cc cross rocket motor, and depending on the track, we went like a hundred. Ish. Motorcycles? No, a little mini car. Okay, cool. Like, probably the size of like a golf cart, except with a roll cage. Got it. So, did you ever get scared? Did I ever get scared? Um, <laughs> some days, but <laughs> if I wasn't a little scared, it was probably time to be done. But I was mostly scared uh, watching some of the Yahoos I raced against. So. <laughs> 
And and so how did you uh, transition into the bat making world, or was it just you uh, knew Zach and and Dan, and you wanted to work with them on something? Yeah. Um, so Zach's my brother-in-law. So that's kind of how I knew about the going ons of Pillbox. Keep an eye on him. And, and yeah, <laughs> and my woodworking experience prior to that. I mean, I made a baseball bat in high school. There you go. That's that's so, that's more qualifications than most. <laughs> yeah. So it just. I mean, I've always done a little bit in woodworking, so it always really interests me. So I've never been one to sit behind a desk. So that makes me go crazy. I'd rather be on my feet running around all day. So, <laughs> Got your wish. Yeah, that's right. Nice. And Carrie, how about you? What is your, your, the boss, it says on the website. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you could call me that. But I started at Pillbox in like the end of the summer of 2019. I went to college in Winona and then moved back to the Chicago suburbs where I'm from for like 10 years and then convinced my husband to move back to Winona where he had never lived, but I guess he'll follow me anyway. <laughs> but um, I had been living in Winona again since like January, 2019 and had just kind of been bouncing around trying to figure out where I would land and came across a part-time gig at Pillbox and started painting and started part-time for maybe a few months and then came on full-time in 2020 um, and have been painting ever since. So now I'm, as Zach, I guess, would call me the boss. <laughs> uh, but I kind of keep the wheels running, make sure everyone knows what's going on and kind of have my hand in everything what's going on here. And, and is that what uh, shop greaser means? That you're greasing yeah. the wheels? <laughs> The wheel greaser. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, so uh, primarily your business is uh, art bats, correct? Mm -hmm. and, and then what other, uh, what other lines do you have and how does uh, Pillbox operate uh, day to day? Well, we, for a while now, we've done amateur grade baseball bats. We appeal a lot to all our fellow sandlotters out there. Um, we've done a little bit with pro-style wood bats, but that's still kind of a work in progress. Um, but big news, as of a month-ish ago, <laughs> we have MLB licensing for everything but baseball bats, basically. <laughs> so our main, main target right now is... Uh, wooden pennants. So, Seen some of those. Which is kinda, yeah, it's they're very cool, and it's you know it's one area. Nobody, I mean, there's the fabric pennants out there, which are great, but nobody's really dabbled in the wood side of it. So I think we just need to get them in front of the people now, and you, you know what? For it, you so. know what? Somebody needs to make. And I don't. I don't want to give up licensing rights or anything. Since we're live on the air here, but so you know the sliding, <laughs> you know the sliding mitt that dudes are wearing 
what do they put it on when they get to first base to steal base? Oh, just, yeah. I think it looks those like look, an oven I think, yeah, exactly. I think they look really, really stupid. I get the point of it. It doesn't break, you don't break your fingers. These guys are going. Yeah. First. I bet you could make a cool five finger glove that's braced in a way that protects like the mitt does, but looks, just looks a lot cooler. I think you, I think the way you feel with what you're wearing, like it impacts your performance. And I, if I slid that mitt on, I'd probably get thrown out about 20% more of the time just because I'd look stupid mm -hmm. in the mitt. So go make <laughs> go make go make a, com a competitive uh, sliding. And, uh, 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 yeah, we'll we'll put that on the list of like we have this running list in the shop of just like product ideas and people will just run up to it during the day and put their genius ideas on there. So we'll put that up there with your name on it. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, your involvement or the the what does that mean for the MLB with licensing more? Um, more products with them or, or creating more products under the license or will you all have a presence at more games? I know you've, you've had presence at games before, had booths, things like that. What's, what's that kind of mean for you? So it means we don't have to be there as much, which has its pluses and minuses, pros and cons. Um, but now the teams themselves can buy straight from us and have these products in their stores which wasn't possible before for a lot of things great um so like for example my family and i just went to bush stadium in st louis this summer and i was able to find a bunch of our bats in the cardinals authentics shops which was really cool to see um we're putting together a giant order right now for fanatics and they're going to be selling a bunch of those pennants um so those will be available through the team stores and online through the fanatics websites and um we got order after order coming in from mlb teams looking for some of these newly licensed products so very you'll be cool. able to find them at your stadiums which is pretty cool yeah very cool what what is fanatics i'm not familiar with fanatics the company i don't even know how you describe them they're just they make everything fanatics <laughs> right so yeah. Yeah, 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 they're like the best apparel, not just baseball, but apparel, college. Yeah. Yeah, if I go to get my son something for Christmas or his, or his birthday, that's Cubs or Alabama or whatever, like they have everything. Like, Got it. You know, Lids has hats. You know, anyway, you get my point. Yeah, so they handle basically, I want to say most, if not all, of the sports licensing, like merchandising stuff. MLB, NBA, NASCAR. NCAA, like everything you can think of there. They're, they don't necessarily make all the products, but they are like a hub for fanatics. <laughs> <laughs> they acquired somebody big a year or two ago. Um, Windcraft? I don't know. Because Windcraft is a big, um, what, what is it called? manufacturer yeah. here in town and yeah. they make a bunch of sports memorabilia you know, like if you pick up like the chintzy kind of stuff you can get at a baseball game with like the hangs on the little cardboard hang tags it'll say like windcraft winona minnesota no, so no. they fanatics just acquired windcraft within the last few years and so they've got more of a presence in town here which is pretty cool it was someone i it's someone i recognize it's uh, it would be like new era uh, it was a pretty big mm -hmm. they acquired i forget who it is anyway and so what's um, 
Chris, first, uh, what's your favorite product that you all make? Or that you've made because you do so much custom stuff? Um, man, that's hard. Uh, probably what seems the coolest is making my own bat for playing baseball. So uh, whether I, any given day, if I hit solid with it or not, it's still uh, still cool to say, hey, I made that. Or, you know, so many of our teammates or people we play, and whether it's on a local level, level or the rumblers or the drag or, you know, getting to play against those guys, like, hey, I was responsible for what you're swinging there. You know, that's, <laughs> that's awesome to me, but obviously our bread and butter is the wooden art bats. I mean, that side of it, we've definitely – got things rolling. So. All right. Carrie, how about you? Yeah, I, I'd say I'm pretty partial to the art bats as well. Um, the painted ones or the, uh, the laser? Yeah, the painted, I mean, I don't do any, Chris does the engraving stuff, but um, doing the individual, like, one-off, like, super custom stuff is really fun. Like, people will just email me, like, crazy logos and some of the Sandlot logos that are out there are super fun to try and recreate on a bat. Um, but those are probably even just like the, the one-off like random people who will find us on the internet and say, Hey, I have this idea or Hey, I have this wedding coming up and I really want to make a cool bat for my buddy. And can you help me think of something cool? And those kind of making those like special moment mementos is really fun. Yeah. That's cool. So basically, the, you, you've got Pillbox, the company, started in 2015, ramped up, sounds like, around the time, Carrie, that you got there. 2019 wasn't very long ago as far as, you know, um, four years before that and, you know, the, just a couple of years since. And at what point did Sandlot come into the world of Pillbox and what started that great partnership? Brett Spears. <laughs> Brett well, we Spears. had kind of, yeah, I know, right? Um, we had kind of been following quietly or people, different teams had been following us quietly on Instagram. And I think finally one day Brett reached out and was like, hey, there's something cool here. Let's get our heads together and figure it out. And I mean, you guys know Brett, he yep. is a poet and <laughs> he's a poet and a, like, and a pusher of Sandlot. Yes, for <laughs> sure. And like he, not all of us here are very good with words. And so, um, having someone like Brett come in and be able to kind of put words to the way, um, to the way, the reasons why we love baseball and the reasons why, people love Sandlot and people who play Sandlot love baseball and how those things that really intersect, it made so much sense. And kind of like for me, creating those like one-off or like those special memento bats, like being able to honor people's loves of the way, the reasons why people love baseball and people, why, why people love playing baseball and connecting those worlds. It just made sense to kind of make friends and make, cool shit <laughs> right. well, well put yeah and to create your own team then yeah 
sure. So the it's ho- been a trip, and it's definitely because I mean we only have seven people at Pillbox, right? Seven. Yeah. So running, keeping the wheels greased, but also starting a team has been like crazy, but it's super fun. Yeah. So so for the listeners, that's the hog line. And uh, Brett Spears is a Tulsa Rumbler. We recorded with him uh, early on in our uh, podcast. I think he was the second or third uh, uh, subject for us. And, and he, uh, you can hear him wax poetic on his, uh, <laughs> on his interview. Um, so is, now there's, there's another team that started up in the area, right? Up in Minnesota somewhere? Kind of. <laughs> where, where is it? It's another kind of pillbox uh, effort. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's a few, actually. So, locally in Winona, we are trying to get the Winona Riders established. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, nice. It's established. Yeah. Yeah, it's established. It exists. <laughs> Just hasn't hadn't exactly. scheduled any games yet. That's totally yeah. legit. That's le- yeah. Gotta be Exactly. Yeah. And there's several vintage teams in the yeah. area who play by like the nineteen twenties rules. Eighteen twenties. Oh sorry. Eighteen twenties. Yeah. So we we've done a little bit of that where they play with no glove. Um underhand pitching but still wood bats. Um they get all dressed up in the eighteen hundreds uniforms, which is really fun. They're hot. I've played a few games with them um but it's fun i mean they love it they've been the coolest group and most understanding of what sandlot's supposed to be that we've played <clears throat> so i mean we've that that's kind of how we've gotten teams to play it's like hey we'll play your rules you play ours it's like a double header yeah so that's been super fun so and, do you and, and we'll step. i'm so sorry Go keep going keep going i'm so sorry yeah and then in Wisconsin, we have the Paper Valley Pike, who just got started last year, and they'll be at Field of Dreams. Um, the kid who runs that, Jacob Somers, I hope I'm not butchering his last name, he was from, but he would play in Austin. I forget the team, so he knows what Sandlot is. So. He's gotten quite established, and another one of his buddies moved up to the Milwaukee area. So they're slowly getting their clubs together, and kind of they combined 
and went and did the deal of the Nashville Valleys, and now they're kind of combining to come down to Field of Dreams. So, so we're, I mean, we're definitely making progress. We really want more in Winona, too, so just, I mean, not that Milwaukee is that far away, but it's still a four-hour drive, so it's hard to connect with them, but definitely uh, making progress. Yeah, how, how big is Winona? 28,000. Yeah, you got the you've got uh, the makings of some great like old school company teams, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. I mean, that's kind of before I knew Sam Ball, you know, was even what it is down by you guys. In 2019, the fall, we challenged another business that we work with. Like, let's play baseball, and it was like the most. I mean, so fun. Like, I hadn't done anything like that for years so but it was just a blast and now i mean i'm all in i want it to grow so i want to play yeah yeah and and you've got to start uh getting some travel dates uh head south in the winter get to get yeah. out of that get out of yeah, that I mean, <laughs> we need yeah, to... that's how we lengthen our season yeah yeah i mean fingers crossed snowbird and austin yeah, Iowa is good to us we're uh, in another two months yeah we're a so, short. Yeah, we tried. We tried to work it out to do Tulsa uh, in July, and we were already not bringing down quite a full squad. And then the COVID bug hit half the people who are going to come. So we're hoping. I think next year, hopefully by spring, we'll be planning something. So, but definitely, I loved uh, like the long time seeing all the videos. Like that looks just so cool. But playing in a hundred plus degree heat is another thing. <laughs> well, Austin's just a short drive down the road from you guys. Short down drive down I thirty five from y'all. So just come see us. Uh, yeah. In, in your yeah. Uh, your twenty degree, we'll have sixty five and probably some sunshine too. Yeah, that'll be perfect. And I was yeah. gonna when I tried to interrupt you the first time. I'm sorry about that. Uh, so you play you've played by the old. In 1800 baseball teams rules, so you've played with no glove. Yeah, mm-hmm. how'd that yeah, go? Yeah, the ball. It, Even the ball that they use is a little different, and yeah. it's a little softer. Softer leather it's, still doesn't feel great if yeah. you get hit with it, but yeah, it's a little bit bigger ball. Um, they all all the teams make their own baseballs, which is really cool. Yeah. So, so every think, every team has a different ball. Yeah, and you <laughs> basically. <laughs> A game uses it up. Like they're you're making a ball for that specific game and probably retiring it outside of for batting practice. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's definitely it was really intimidating at first. But once you figure out, you know, get the soft pants to scoop them, like it's a blast. So and it's they they make it so fun. I mean, it's I mean it's like Sandlot except you know older rules. So. <laughs> Yeah. Anything to get away from softball. Like it's just, <laughs> I mean, you guys talk about it all the time on the show. It's overly competitive, like, even in the lowest divisions. Like, it's like, what, what, why are we arguing about something so silly? <laughs> exactly. So. And y'all are exactly right about that component. My, just as important or obnoxious to me is you're only playing ball for like 50 minutes. You know, like we play two yeah. and a half, three hour games. They're playing 50 minutes to an hour, and then they drink beer in the parking lot for two hours. Like, just come play baseball for three hours, and same time commitment. We're 
drinking beers in the dugout as well. So folks need to, uh, anyway, we're doing, part of what we're doing here is awareness that there's other ways to exercise yeah. your bit, your love for the game uh, than uh, Monday night softball. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so uh, tell the a couple of things about y'all's process that I saw on your website. Um, the split wood uh, that you use all hand split wood. What is that about? What does that do? What is that part of the process entail? I mean, so the when they run it through the mill, the splitting process will follow the grain as straight as possible versus just cutting lengths of board. Like it'll, they're trying to cut, you know, with just directionally the with the grain. So not versus like your Menards wood where it can be warped to no other because it's. Do they know what Menards is? Yeah, that's true. Like Home Depot. Yeah, Home Depot. You know, mass produced. Yeah. Got it. So the wood we use, try we try and make sure where we get it from. They follow. They split the wood with the grain rather than try and get as much out of it as possible Mm -hmm. and cut it wherever they can. So this way, the the grain stays intact as much as possible and keeps it strong. Got it. And what is the the process kind of step by step? You, you've got the the raw wood, you sand it down. At some point, you put some lacquer or something on it. You've got to do what? How does? How, what's the? What are the steps there? So everything comes into our shop, cut at thirty seven inches, like a thirty seven, just by two and a half. Um, billet. Like, billet. It's circular, so. We have turned square stock like on custom projects, but it's it's rounded off. Well, we have a CNC lathe that cuts it down, and then we hand sand it from there. And then it'll get no matter the bat, it'll get dipped in a solution to start the hardening process. And then from there, it gets handed off to paint. So, which Carrie can kind of take over. Sure. Yeah. So then from there, um, it comes and we paint it. No. (laughs) (laughs) So depending on the design, um, most of our designs are designed digitally. And then we'll take those digital designs and it'll, it's usually a process of um, stencils and tape. So we create vinyl stencils and use tape for stripes or whatever. And then you just layer. So like if a bat has six different colors, you're doing six different layers of paint. And it's probably like an hour between each sit and dry. And then you keep going until it's done. And then you'll have to let that sit probably another day to fully dry before you want to start picking all those layers apart. And then some touch-ups and then you give it another dip and then it's good to go. And in some cases, you're doing all of that for one bat. And I, I get that you'll yeah. need eight parakeet bats to send to the, the Austin parakeets. It'll all look the same. But you're also getting one-off request, And that's a lot of work and a lot of stenciling mm-hmm. or templates or what have you uh, for, for one bat. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah. And everything is done by hand. So, I mean, you've got 
two hands laying each stencil, each stencil piece. You got two hands, same two hands spraying every layer. So very high touch. A lot of love. A lot of process. love going into this. Yeah, dots. for sure. And so you've got, uh, what, seven Sandlot teams now? That uh, seven teams? Oh, in our, yes. I think it's, I know, and I feel like we are, we've been so swamped with all this licensing stuff that we owe a couple spots that need to be updated up there on the site. But we've got a few. Yeah. And so what is it for... uh, the rest of the sandlot world who don't know about your partnerships that you have with teams, what, uh, what do those entail? And, and are, can people reach out to you and discuss partnership or how, how does that work? Yeah. So usually the way it starts is through Brett. Um, so Brett has kind of become my little, I call him our sandlot evangelist. Um, he, has brought all of these teams a representative from each of these teams to us and said, Hey, these guys make really cool bats and would like, like usually the way it starts is we create what we call a Sandlot starter pack. And so in that Sandlot starter pack, they get or have been getting a player bat, a one color player bat. So it's a maple player bat to their specifications. Um, a coach's fungo. And then, um, what we call a dugout art bat. So it's not player grade, but fully decked out with their branding package, logos, colors, whatever. So I don't remember the exact price, but it's a deal for those three bats. And then from there, we've done, like for the parakeets, we did a baby bat. We've done several different t-shirt designs and all of that gets put on their section of the website. And then based on what sales are made by that team each quarter, like a, a kickback comes back to that team. as kind of like a thanks, but I think it's 10% of all those sales for that quarter go back to that team. That's great. And you also, don't you sell some of their merch too or no? Or do you sell? Some, I know like the, the Cobras have sent us some hats that they've had produced on their own. And we've sold those. The Rumblers have sent us some stuff. Definitely open to selling merch for people. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Where'd the name the hog line come from? (laughs) So on the east end of town here is a street called Mankato Avenue. And um, Mm -hmm. east of that is often known as east of the hog line. So there's a couple different stories as to what exactly it means. But from what I understand is that back in the day, Mankato Avenue or the hog line was like a barrier in town past east of the hog line was where you could have livestock, where the slaughterhouses were. But it's also where basically the only and oldest baseball field in town is. And that's our kind of home field. Perfect. And so. Love it. Yeah. And how far is Winona from um, from Minneapolis, St. Paul? Like two, yeah, two and a half, half hours. hours. Okay. I thought you were closer than that. Yeah, right down the river. Nice. And what uh, what's the field name? Gabrick. 
Gabrick. It's named after, yeah, Gabrick Park. It's named after, so there's a ton of baseball history in Winona. I think there's a player from like an old team that was on a pro team that went to the World Series or something. Should really learn up about all this. <laughs> but um, Make a there's a lot of baseball history, and it's named after one of the kind of prominent players from Winona Baseball. Got it. And what's the uh, – are there any other uh, towns of comparable size around uh, Winona? Yeah, we – I mean, so there's definitely potential for growth for what we're trying to do. Rochester – it's, I don't even know what the population of that is. That's bigger than Monona. Yeah, it's, seven fifty plus yeah. thousand people. Um, Lacrosse is the same way. That's another town within a half hour from us. That's fifty plus thousand people. So um, otherwise, a lot of little river towns and stuff we're surrounded by. So nice. Yeah, it definitely sounds like you could get a little triangle of. Uh activity going yeah for yeah. sure do you guys both play on the hog line yeah chris uh, religiously me sometimes yeah. <laughs> and what makes yeah, up I guess. go ahead sorry, sorry go ahead i was just gonna say what makes up the rest of the team when you guys started forming it how did you go about it who'd you go to how's how's it uh come together organically or on purpose or, or what um so a little uh, both yeah it's a mixed bag. Um, Zach, obviously one of the founders of Pillbox, plays for us. Two other co-workers are on the team, so it was usually easy enough to kind of start a base. And a lot of it's just, I mean, we, a lot of us have played softball forever in this town, so we had a lot of friendships there, and it was kind of like, hey, you want to play baseball? And... Uh, it's just grown from there. A lot of people, I mean, you guys probably have it when new people are coming to it, so intimidated by overhand pitching, and it's like, it's not what you think. Right. Like, and, and if it is, it's somebody's probably doing it wrong. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, it's not what so, you see on TV. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, most guys are just trying to hit the strike zone. <laughs> so, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, it's been a lot of a lot of friends that we played ball with for years, softball, and just you know word of mouth. Like everybody's got a buddy who's like, oh, they would fit great in what we're trying to do. So a big part of what we do is uh, or, or, or hope we're accomplishing is helping get the word out from an awareness standpoint, but also from an, an education or lessons learned standpoint for those that are starting a new team or are thinking about it. Anything come to mind that you would absolutely do again and absolutely not do again in, in starting a team? Oh, man. It, it's gone good from that side of it. I mean, and we're so, I feel, I mean, we're realistically only a year into Hogline being a thing. Our first official game basically was Field of Dreams last year. I think we only got invited because we were Pillbox <laughs> and we, we sponsored it. But, that's, so a, hey, that's a good way to get invited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brett's so, a good person to I mean, know, right? Yeah. I think it's just 
yeah, it's still just a work in progress for me, just trying to encourage people to come out and see what it is and what it's not. Cause that's, you know, it's the number one thing is the overhand, overhand pitching. People get so intimidated by that. And it's like, just come out and watch and just try it out. And, yeah. You know, we let on our Sandlot Sunday deals, like letting the kids run around and seeing us act like fake kids and having <laughs> fun and obviously drinking beer. And, uh, we have quite a few people who like to chirp from the dugout in a <laughs> friendly manner, mostly at me. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, we, yeah, just, we could have a whole episode on what it is and what it's not and how, yeah. how hard it is. It's a, it's, it's a blessing and a curse. Uh, mm-hmm. how, trying to get a buddy out there or trying to get a sponsor out there or trying to get just a, a new person you're trying to introduce to come out to a game because that's what it takes for them to realize what it's about. There's so much, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to struggle for the words, so I'll, I'll stop, but there's so much to it that, <laughs> that you, that you can't put on paper. You can't explain. doesn't make a resume type, type deal that you have to truly be there to experience to understand the experience. And, uh, Mm-hmm. We could do a whole episode. Yeah, on that. probably should. Yeah, I mean, I try to use myself as an example. I played a lot of softball from my twenties on to now, and I mean, I had one year in little league and had high school kids that were coaching me. So I was twelve years old, and they didn't teach me anything, and I was like, "Well, this sucks," and <laughs> so. Now I come back to it, and it's like, well, I can feel the ball. I mean, I'm jacked when it's a clean clean process, and, you know, I might, I'm not one to smack the crap out of the ball, but I can get it in play, and I have fun. So I'm like, if I can if I can hit an overhand pitch, I think you can too, so. Yep, well put. It's, it's great. It's, um, uh, I've got a batting cage here, um, uh, where we're recording, which is my place called the meantime. And, uh, it's a little indoor batting cage and getting people in there to try to get them to, to, you know, get comfortable <laughs> doing it. And, you know, I, I just remind them, it's like, you just have to swing where you want to swing, like swing your swing. The ball needs to be there for it to be a strike. Like you're yeah. going to, you only need to hit it one every three times to be like hall of fame. So just, just go for it. You'll be fine. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's the, the latest, uh, uh, person to come through here. Uh, she hadn't, hadn't played and she's been associated with the team for years. And last game, she got a double and a single and, uh, has only been in the batting cage twice. And the smile, <laughs> That's on her, awesome. the yeah. smile on someone's yeah. face on her face, I'm sure, uh, you know, you mentioned playing one time in the league for, where you weren't taught anything and then it's a little bit of softball. And I'm sure your first hit in Sandlot with, from an overhand pitch was just ear-to-ear type grin. And I see it time and time again, whether they make their first outfield catch or they make get their first hit. or It's just such a beautiful thing that uh, more people uh, – I'd love to see as many people as uh, out there experience as, as possible. Yeah. Yeah, and one uh, from a hitting standpoint, I know one of my teammates said it, and I know, swear it's a quote from some MLB player, and he always like, you know what, go out there and swing as hard as you can, 
you either strike out or if you make contact, you're going to, you know, hit the snot out of it. (laughs) Absolutely. We definitely have some players that, that, that do that. They come out of their shoes every time they swing. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, do you have anything else? Just another business idea for you. Um, <laughs> and you actually, I was going to say it earlier, and then you mentioned you touched on it. So if, if I were going to, um, I don't know how you, I don't know what source or media you'd, media you'd, you'd find to advertise in, but... Ba- like, you know, not bachelor parties, but bachelor gifts, right? Uh, uh, they got, you know, I spent 100 bucks times eight or however many people were in my wedding. And if it were the bride, you'd go to a bridal magazine and advertise there. But, you know, being a, a, a bat maker, uh, you know, allowed me to, to personalize, you know, eight bats for my grooms, whether they liked baseball or not, uh, for my grooms, for the bat, for the, what do you call them? Groomsman, uh, uh, it would be a pretty special deal, and I mean, you, you know, you could do that for eight times a hundred bucks, and those guys are spending a hundred bucks on stuff they don't know what they're going to buy until the day before. In a lot of cases, mm-hmm. so they get shitty gifts for a hundred bucks, and you know, got uh, many an email from a last minute groom. Yeah, I mean, your bats would be uh, a bat is something, whether you like baseball or play it or not, that you keep in the corner of your room or in your garage for a weapon, or yeah. you know, you show you hand you give to your kid twenty years down the road. Uh, that anyone would appreciate and, and, you know, throw the artwork that you guys produce on top of that and uh, be a pretty, again, I don't know how the hell you'd find the right place to advertise that, but um, anyway, I bet you'd, it'd be an easy decision for a lot of people to, oh, yeah, that makes a lot for of sure. sense. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's definitely an area to push more for sure. We have, like Harry touched on it like we have done quite a few i don't know if we've necessarily pushed on an advertising side for it but yeah Brett was one too he's had a lot of buddies getting married in the last year like hey i need a you know it's a naked bat with you know the names and dates on it and it's a guest book instead of you know a traditional guest book that nobody looks at yeah <laughs> So after the day is done, so. I'm going to research this for you. I'm going to find. I'm going to send you a couple of uh, op- options for uh, <laughs> promoting this. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, listen. Thank you all very much for talking to us today. We're super excited that you all are involved with Sandlot and that you are excited about Sandlot and you're making things happen in the uh, uh, north the midwest north and uh the great white north yeah exactly and i can't wait to come up there and uh hopefully we're going to start breaking up our season we go we go march till uh october and it's just this this summer was you know we're in the 105 range of a few games it's just just too much so um yeah hopefully we can start breaking it up and travel in the summer you all travel in the winter and uh yeah we'll uh Play some more ball. Even trade. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank and you very much. Your, yeah, and I was going to add in with yeah. your reach um, for all of our fellow Sandlotters coming out to the Field of Dreams. I think that Thursday of 13th, we're going to kind of do an open house. So anybody coming into town a little early, like we're two hours from Dyersville. So it's nice. Whether you're flying in and have a rental car or a lot of, I'm sure a lot of you guys are driving out those 
just listening to Ben's interview and found out they have a team bus, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. so, He's also paying so, the uh, uh, players a hundred grand a game, right? Didn't yeah, yeah, that? I, heard that. I think I think I'm moving to Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> so you so your open house will be in Winona. Yeah. And then you will you guys also be in Iowa, I assume, since you were there last year? Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, my, te- gotta, my team, the Yardbirds, yeah, are coming up there. We'll see you there. Oh, awesome. that's awesome. So, so, yeah, if you guys are in the town, we did it kind of a little one last year. It, most of the Rumblers all came up into town and, you know. Bunch of Cobras, yeah. Had some beer and showed everybody the prospects in person. And I think a lot of us went out to dinner and so – so yeah, if you guys come in a little early, please come on out. Can I sleep on your couch? Sure. <laughs> nice, thanks. I got I got two year old twins, so it's never necessarily quiet. Twin so. twin beds or twin kids? <laughs> twin kids. Uh, <laughs> never mind, never mind. <laughs> There's a couch in the shop now, yeah, so yeah, we have a couch behind us here. So. <laughs> Perfect. Well, good deal. Well, thank you. And uh, you all have a great rest of your week, and uh, we uh, hope to see you all soon on the Diamond. Yeah. Same to you. Thanks for your time. Thanks. Take care. Our theme song is by The Tender Things, written by number 33 of the Texas Playboys, Jesse Ebal. Bye. 
present is the valley where we pray. Sister Elizabeth, never weary, none for nothing. Is. 